You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, coming to you right across Australia from Hobart, Tasmania. And today we have David Leo joining us from Devonport. Welcome, Happy David. Monday, everyone. Yeah. Hi, Jason. Good to have you here today. Good to be here. So uh, today, David, we'll be continuing on with our series, Encounters with Jesus, every Monday morning. Um, we look forward to uh, speaking with you about this, and we're, we're studying uh, John chapter 5 today. Mm. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting into that with you. But uh, before we do, just a couple of things. I just want to remind our listeners that our Tassie Encounters number, now this is different to the other numbers, and uh I was listening to the breakfast show earlier today where uh, they were talking about the fact that each different live program has different numbers to text in on. So just remember that if you text on this number, 0488880891, that's our Tassie Encounters show. So you can uh, communicate with us here for any of the presenters that are uh, talking to you. And uh, also I will be keeping an eye on that throughout the week. So... Zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Save that in your phone as Tassie Encounters. Um, now, David, the Live More project is running up in Devonport soon. Uh, I know we've had a date change on that. So, uh, tell us uh, what the change is. The change is the date. The date was um, originally twenty seventh of May, but we've put that to tenth uh, of June. So that's uh, a couple of weeks away, um, and it's on a, still on a Thursday. And it starts from 6 and finishes at 7. So, yeah, that's going to be held at the Devonport Seventh-day Adventist Church in the hall there. So That'll be good. Now, if you want more information about that, you can text in to us on our show number, 0488880891. Just text the word Live More and we'll send you a website address where you can get all the information and there's links to register there as well. Now, David, just uh, so that we get to know you a little bit better, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, you've uh, studied theology, and um, obviously you're a pastor now of a couple of churches up on the northwest. What made you decide to study theology and become a pastor? Well, I was, um, yeah, I, I went as an adult. I, I went when I was, I started, you know, well after high school, but um, I was working full time before that. And I thought I was going to have a, you know, a life of just working at the same job. I worked for Australian Customs, and I thought I was going to be there until I retired and you know have a house and a, the white picket fence with the kids running around and you know, <laughs> that type, type of life. But um, when I gave my life to Christ, I, I started serving in, in different capacities. You know, I would, I would teach and I would do youth and things like that, and I um, got to a point where I was enjoying that more than way more than my work you know and my mind was just constantly taken up by thinking of what can i do next and the just the the stories like these that we've been going through with jesus and wanting others to to discover jesus for themselves and there was this desire to do that full time and that was probably the the first time i um felt a calling but i didn't want to do that because i grew up in a church and knew what pastors went through and what were what were they like and I had friends that were pastors' kids. I thought, no, I don't want that life. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> not an easy life, is it? No, no, but um you know, eight years eight years after that that uh that strong impression that I should go, all the plans that my wife and I were doing were just want wasn't going ahead. And um, you know, when things came to a head we thought, you know what, I think it's because we're not doing what God wants us to do. Yeah. And so we made the decision and about six months after that we're gone yeah 
and um, yeah, and one friend he said to me, he's uh, he said to me as he was he's a pastor now up in, in Brisbane. He said to me uh, years before that, when I was a young fellow, when I gave my life to Christ, he said to me, you know, David, the best place to be is where God wants you to be. Mm. And uh, that stuck with me, and that thought came to me as well. You know, years later, and um, yeah, we went to college and. And yeah. here you are. <laughs> we, yeah, we made the move. Here I am. Yeah. Yeah, here down we in are. Tassie. Obviously, right. you, uh, you didn't um, probably imagine you'd be down in Tassie either uh, when no. you first started out, but here you are. Oh, well, we should, uh, we should get into our program, so uh, I'll hand over to you to, to get us started. Yeah, so last week we, um, we took off from uh, the woman, woman at the well, and now we're going to go to the man at the pool. Yeah. There seems to be quite a transition there. It's in John 5. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. But um, Jason, let me say a short prayer before we yeah. launch into it. Father in heaven, as we uh, look into the story, we just pray that you can uh, stimulate our minds and let our hearts be given to Jesus. We ask it in his name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so um, John 5, uh, verses 1 to 9 is what we're, we're looking at. And... Uh, this is a this is a story that um, affected me quite early in my my walk with Jesus. It, it made a huge impression on me, and I'll share that. I'll share why later on. But um, Jason, are you there? Jo- jo- yeah, John five. Yeah. Would you mind reading the first five verses, please? Sure. <clears throat> so it's titled "The Healing at the Pool on the Sabbath" in uh, in this version, which is the English Standard Version. Mm. After there was a feast of the Jews. Oh, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there, sorry, now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which mm. was five roofed colonnades, which has five roofed colonnades. Sorry, I'm not reading very well this morning. <laughs> right? In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. Mm. Okay, so this is where our story takes place. It's, it's set the scene for us, um, and it's in Jerusalem. It's after a festival, and Jesus is not at the festival. He's decided to go to where this pool is, and uh, there are a whole heap of people that are sick, paralyzed. The Bible says blind, lame, and paralyzed, and the story hones in on one guy who had been sick for 38 years and we don't know what it is we don't know what he's sick of um, what, what, what's, what's kept him down for 38 years and we don't know what the festival is and uh, what we do know is Jesus is at the pool and he's not one of the blind, lame and paralyzed so he's up to something mm. and I mean this guy um, obviously must have been fairly severely crippled I would imagine yeah based on the rest of the story that we haven't read yet <laughs> yeah yeah you, we soon will establish that yeah, yeah without a doubt yeah so so what's so special about the pool here that uh, this pool of Bethesda yeah it's, it's interesting pools that were um, often used back then when the archaeologists actually you know it's amazing when the archaeologists discovered this pool it's 13 meters deep 13 13 yeah that's pretty now, deep. I, I, uh, that's <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty good. I, I, when I first read that, I thought, man, if you're if you're paralyzed, man, you're taking a risk jumping in there. Yeah. So, um, so you know, you, I, I suppose the smartest people will we'll work this out in the story as well. The smartest people will have somebody there 
that is capable of helping them. Yeah. You know? yeah. And um, Bethesda, uh, the translation Beth uh, is um, the means it means city or house. Beth means house in Hebrew. You know, like Bethlehem, it's the house of bread, and Beth Hesda. Beth Hesda means the house of mercy. Okay. So this pool is the house of you know the, the the wording is the house of mercy, and it has the um, it's described what it looks like. It's got these. It's actually made out of two pools, and they're a trapezium shape, and they're about six meters apart from each other. And they've got these porches, as the Bible says, and um, you got a, you got this crowd that's hanging around there, you know. And uh, this this pool is special. We're going to work out later on. They, there's this understanding there that this legend that if this pool stirs, that means an angel's gone down there and stirred it up and that's the time where healing takes place yeah so when when it's stirred up um when yeah when we say stirred up we mean like uh the pools are sitting still and they say that you know when some kind of uh, you know like uh like a world a whirlpool kind of effect like when you pull the pull the plug out of a sink mm. when that type of thing happens and dirt gets mixed up into the pool they say oh look it's the angels here and so if we jump in we're going to get we're going to get healed and so this pool had that special place for these sick people to come, and um, the word got around town, and you know that it's a place of healing. But pools were often used for uh, a mikvah or a purification ceremonies. So when people came to the temple to worship, they would go for a purification ceremony first, mm. and then come to you know come to worship at the temple or do something. But that's what pools were usually used for. And somehow, by the time of Jesus, it was seen as a place of healing. Yeah, you know, it, 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 it's and, and, I, and I wonder, you know, I wonder if it stopped being used as a place of purification or for mikvah, and it was left up to them to to be used. But it gives us an indication that uh, these people that are there, um, they they probably wanted to worship at the temple, <laughs> yeah, temple as well. But uh, I suppose the main thing in their mind. As we want to be, to be healed, healed from our sickness, yeah. yeah. And they must have they must have had some belief, uh, whether they'd, they'd heard stories or they'd seen others uh, be healed. I guess they must have had some belief that um, if they got in that water after the uh, it was stirred up, then um, they were going to be healed. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, when we when we read the rest of it, I think well, we'll, we'll read the rest of it soon because we're going yeah. um, we'll to add. Break, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, you're, you're right. The Bible passage kind of suggests that there was there was indeed some type of evidence that made these people have faith in the pool, that yeah. the pool was going to be the the faith-healing uh, place or um, agent to, to bring them to wholeness. You know? yeah. And so, yeah, you're right. I, I, I can read the same thing when I, when I read the Bible and think, oh, okay, so that's when, when the pool stirs, they get healed. And yeah. that's, that's, that's the word around town. And yeah. I... Um, you know, you, when you think about this, and I suppose this is where I want to go with today's talk is, um, where, where do we where do we look to find these things? You know, and I and I sometimes, you know, you think of people that that have the uh, they have the, the cure to some bizarre condition, you know, some yeah. skin condition, right? Uh, oh, I'll, I'll go I'll go for something some ads that I looked at a long time ago when my my hair started receding and I started going bald. Yeah. And um, I Googled one time, you know, about getting hair back. And then, you know, how Google spits ads at you. Yes. And I couldn't believe how many companies are out there just 
promoting their products. <laughs> you know, promoting this thing, and I'm thinking, oh no, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna accept my my situation. But hey, David, you know, just, hey, um, I was I was having a discussion with Gary the other day on his program, and uh, the ancient Egyptians would uh, mix crocodile dung with. Uh, Something else, I think, and that was meant to prevent uh, people going bald. So, um, wow, it's been around for for donkey's years. Yeah, then. it's just hard to find it, isn't it? <laughs> hard to find yeah. the crocodile dung. <laughs> yeah, that's not in Tasmania, especially. <laughs> but but yeah. it just goes to show that when we've got something, I was going to say in our minds, but for the purpose of our discussion, so something in our heads that uh, there's a cure for some for something. We're we're really going to go, you know, like the. the the agencies, uh, industries, and things like—they know, man. We mm. can capitalize on this, and they capitalize you know, on uh, the desperation of people. I think, don't they? That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. And I wonder for us, you know, who's capitalizing on our yearst, uh, uh, our yearning for uh, spiritual food, yeah, our yearning for wholeness and heart. You know, that's that's yep. where I want to go with today. Awesome. Well, let's take a break. Yeah. This is uh, "There Is a Mountain" by Caroline Cobb. It's a beautiful song and it's got a great message as well that I think is relevant to today.
Beautiful song. Yeah. There is a mountain by Caroline Cobb. Now, David, we've been talking about the man at the pool. This is the pool at Bethesda, and he had been lame for 38 years. It's a long time. Obviously, uh, he would be pretty uh, disheartened that, um, you know, perhaps others had been healed and he hadn't been. But, uh, yeah, here he is waiting for an opportunity to to be healed, I guess. That's it. Yeah, waiting for that the moment uh, somebody will help him to the pool. But I'll, I'll, we'll read the, the rest of it. I'll read 6 to 9. Yeah. And it says, um, When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have none, no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going to uh, to... While I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, take your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and walked. Yeah. Now that was the Sabbath. There's a, there's a reason for that. When you carry on with the rest of the story, you find out why that's the Sabbath is mentioned. Mm. But, um, you know, there's some similarities. When you look at the, the story we looked at last week, the woman at the well, there's a very similar approach that Jesus takes with this man. He says to him, he approaches him, right? Yeah. And he asks him, do you want to be healed? Just like he said to the woman at the well, do you want this water where you'll never, th- that you don't have to come down to the well anymore and you don't have to thirst anymore, you know? And, uh, it's, it's the same type of question. It's yeah. an interesting question because you you would think that it's obvious. You know, he's there, he's he's crippled, and she says, "Do you do you want to be healed?" Well, it's an interesting question when uh, you would think that, of course, you want to be healed. You know, but yeah, there must be a reason why he still asks that question. That's right. That's right. And that's that's such a good point that you make. You know, um, this this takes on the theme of the gospel. Uh, God is. God is an authoritative, sovereign, um, this God that has the ability to do anything, mm. right? 
Uh, but when when he approaches us, when the, the the ball is put in our court, there is something that we have to do. Mm. We have we have to make a decision, and that type of question, that type of question really causes you to have some self examination. It really has it puts you in a point where I really have to look at myself and ask this question: Do it? Do I want to be healed? And then you know the next thing is why? Why do I desire this so much? How did I get here? You know, and all these things come with the. With the uh, the thoughts, you know, and, and the same thing would have happened to the woman at the well. Same thing happens with us when the questions asked to us. Do you, you know when you go to the gym, uh, and then when you have a news resolution, and you say you can have a, you know, you're going to change your diet, and you go to the gym, and um, you know you put down, I'm going to go to the gym six o'clock in the morning, and when the alarm goes off, you know you you don't end up going. <laughs> you start asking yourself. Do Jeez. I really want to get healthy? Yeah, do I really want to be fit? Was <laughs> <laughs> this, this just a you know passing passing phase? You know, and and the question is, do you want to be healed? Yeah. Do, and um, the answer that yeah, sorry, go on. Jason. I'm just wondering if if there's also something else sort of um, implied in this question is, do you believe you can be healed? Do you believe you can be? You know, yeah, it's not. Do you want to be? Well, it is. Do you want to be? But I'm just wondering if if there's another part to that is, do you believe that you can be even? Yeah, and and we're gonna, when you look at the when you look at the passage when you look at verse seven with a sick man, he answers. His answer is, "I've got no one to help me into the pool." Mm. So, so he didn't believe that he could be because he, he was sitting there with no yeah. one to actually get him there. And, and unfortunately, we didn't get told how long he's been there. You yeah. know, like I don't even know whether. He he went home and came back, or yeah. you know, he just stayed the night there, and you know people fed him. Mm. And you know, I I uh, I want to talk about this this because I, I remember the first time I read the story, and I thought, what's that? What's the story with the mat? Why is that such an important part of the story? You know, like the, the mat or the mattress or whatever he used to to lay down on. Mm. And um, you know, you you realize that this this man, he his sickness doesn't allow him. To get into the pool quick enough before somebody else can, mm. you know. So there's something wrong with his mobilization and his movement. And and uh, when you think about this mat, you know, I want to talk about this later on, but uh, you know, I haven't got the time to break this down at the moment. But um, that that answer is an answer where he's just concerned about the healing of his body. Yeah, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred, and while I'm going, another steps down before me. Right. And so his only thought is, I need to get inside that pool because that's where my healing will take place. Mm. And every and, and imagine that feeling though, Jason. Imagine that thought and that feeling that when the pool stirred and the the excitement, you know, it, it arises. It's like oh, the pool, the pool is stirring, and just as you're making your way into the pool, there must have been some type of rule that you had to be the first one in the pool to get the healing. Yeah, because. Every time someone steps in before him, he says, and he can't get there in time. Yeah. And obviously, when that person gets in before him, he thinks to himself, oh, I've missed out again. Mm. And, you, and you get to a point that I think, you know, when you read this, you get to a point where you accept your fate, your fate and yeah. just go, you know what? I'm never going to be as, as mobile as these people. I'm never going to be as good as them. I'm not going to have, to have this. And I'm never, just I'm never going to be healed. Yeah. Yeah. And along comes this man and says, do you want to be healed? And like you said, it's the obvious question. And he looks up and his immediate thought was, oh, another helper. Yeah. <laughs> How many people have helped him before? Somebody's here to help me. And, you know, and uh, wow, just, and he's that guy. I've been trying. People step step over me. Maybe some people stepped on him in the, in the excitement, you know, and just, 
this is this is where I'm at, and yeah, you know, I I, uh, I think about his 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 uh, inability to move. I just want to just consider that that mat that he that he lays down on, right? That that mat that uh, if he develops sores from just constant lying down on that bed, you know that that mat that mat is the witness of all those sores. It knows what it looks like, you know, mm. and that that this is where he if his if he had to uh, urinate or anything like that, you know, it's like, whoa, you know, that it happened on that mat. That mat is responsible for the smells. That mat is mm. the the thing that he relies on. You know, that mat takes responsibility um, and has witnessed all the, all the, the, the gross things and all the things that he's thought or, you know, and the only thing in his life that he has reliability on that can, he can rely on is that mat. Mm. And that mat would be a, a constant reminder to how helpless he is. Mm. You know, yeah. if that mat could talk or say to him, "I'm the only thing you have in life, and I've seen everything. You're disgusting. You know, you're you're an invalid. You know, the the things of your past. You're responsible for what got you here. Mm. You know, so, and and I'm the only friend you got. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, when we talk about this more, I, I really want to, I really want to see how, you know, look at how Jesus' words are something that's amazing that just. You know, gives gives power back to that man, and he does the same thing for us. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Well, we're going to go to another break. Um, I'm just going to remind our, our listeners or tell our listeners that uh, we have an offer today called Real Peace, Real Answers, a book, and we'll tell you a bit more about that after the break. Um, the number zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. This is Everything is Possible. There's a mountain in my way Far too high for me to scale I can't do this on my own It seems impossible things possible 
You're listening to Faith FM on with Tassie Encounters and David Leo. We've been studying the book of uh, John, chapter 5, and talking about the man at the pool who was seeking healing. So, uh, David, just give us a quick uh, summary as to where we've come from and where we're going to go next. So there's this pool that's mentioned in uh, chapter 5, the pool of Bethesda, and uh, sick people go there. And they go there because they believe that when the pool is uh, stirred, when there's this little whirlpool happening inside there, that an angel's doing it. And then if you jump in, if you're the first one into the pool, then you're going to get some healing. Mm. And so uh, there's this man there that's he's been sick for 38 years. We don't know how long he's been attending the pool. But the Bible says that Jesus saw him and asked him the, asks him the question, do you want to be healed? And the man says, yep, but no one's here to help me. And Jesus says to him, get up, take your man and walk, mm. and, and the man does. So that's what we've been through so far. So why the instruction to pick up his mat? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question, Jason. I think, I think the first thing is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing that uh, I love the wording of the, of the Bible that says that Jesus saw him. Mm. You know, he didn't see Jesus. Jesus saw him and Jesus approached him, and we discussed in the previous uh, uh, discussion that um, – his answer, when, when Jesus says, do you want to be, asks him a question, do you want to be healed? His answer is yes, but he's not expecting the help that Jesus is about to give him. Yeah. Just like the Samaritan woman. They, when they, they did say, we need help, but they have no idea how, how much Jesus is going to help. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's a huge indication to us that, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a thing that's, that's happened to me over and over again. When I've, um, prayed to God or, or talked about something particular in my life and I've called for help uh, and I take a step and he takes it, a, you know, I just take an inch and he takes a mile, mm. you know. He, he does things that you just think, man, I had no idea if I hadn't made that decision. For example, what, what I talked about before, you said, you asked me how did I get into studying theology and ministry. Um, the moment we stepped in and made that decision, we had no idea what God was going to do with our lives, but it's been amazing. Mm. You know, it's gone. It's gone well beyond uh, anything that I expected. You know, all the things that I was afraid of that pastors go through is, uh, you know, the things that I saw. Um, yes, it's happened, but it's the power of God is much, much bigger than that. You know, I, I just didn't see that behind the scenes that that God can sustain us and do amazing things. And so, He comes to this man that's lying on this mat, this mat that I said before. You know, it's witnessed the sores, it's witnessed the the. Uh, you know the, the fluids that come from this man has witnessed uh, the, the thoughts and the discussions. You know if this this man can be uh, be personified and given a uh, given given thought. This this is the only friend that the um, if it is a friend, you know this is the only only thing that this man has that uh, that has supported him. This mat that lays under him, yeah. and he's unable to move it. He's unable to do anything with it. But the mat is the only thing that uh, keeps him supported. And Jesus says. You pick up that mat and take it. And I believe the reason why um, is because that man is identified with that mat. That mat and that man, and it's like the mat owns the man, right? This mattress, this bed that he's had, it's it's responsible for everything this man has. And I take this on as when Jesus says, you take up that mat now, he's now saying you take responsibility over the mat. Yeah. The mat no longer owns you anymore. Your bed no longer owns you. You own the mat. 
And, and of you know, course, before they take up your mat or your bed, the instruction is get up. So, you know, that, that, that in itself, if he wasn't in the right frame of mind, would have been a crazy instruction. Well, he could have said to Jesus, what are you talking about? I can't get up. I'm, I'm yeah. crippled. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. It's a, uh, but, you know, he, he's been, it's true what you're saying. But he's now in a position where you know he he's accepted his fate. You know he's the one. I'm I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Here comes this man who asked this question, and he thinks, "Oh, I'm going to get physical help." And now this man says these words, and there's something about the words of Jesus that compels him. There's something that connects with his his mind and his body and his bones that just says, "You know what? Listen to this guy." You know, there's something there's, there's power in the words of Jesus Christ, mm. right? And so. Uh, this book, um, I believe Pastor Waiko has talked about this on one of his, um, his, uh, one of the talks you've had with him on the radio. And, um, he, he makes mention of this book with Desire of Ages. Yes. And I remember when I first read this, this commentary that she has on, uh, um, this book has on this particular story, it says that it was like electric currents, that the hearing of the word was like electric currents going through his body. You know, I thought, wow. <laughs> Just, that that reading, just reading those words, sent something through my body. You know, it got me excited. I was like, "Whoa, man, this is amazing!" And uh, he listened to these words, and as you said, he got up. He got up without question. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I, I wonder if he had time to to even think. But he, not only did he get up, he um, he actually lo- obeyed Jesus saying, "And pick up your mat." Hmm. <laughs> Get up and pick up your mat, you know. And I think this is important, Jason, because what happens to a lot of us is um, when we have a past and we have you know, something where some things and and uh, we've done things that is embarrassing, right? And you come to Jesus, and Jesus accepts you for who you are and says, "Hey, um, those things that you've done in your in your life, yeah, they're, they're not good. They weren't good decisions. They um, weren't good for you or the people around you." But I forgive you, and we're going to start something, and we're going to start something new and fresh. And there's something about that past that we hold on to, and we we allow that past to keep us. We allow that past to own us, just like this mattress, mm. right? It haunts us every day. And now Jesus says, "I'm not going to tell you to forget the past, but rather, but take- don't let the past own you now. Yeah, with me." You own all of that. Yep. All those things that witnessed you. Know, it's, it's, you, know, you now pick up that. You own it, but now you're under my care. Mm. So everywhere you walk, people will see with that past, but you're not the same person. You're a different person now. Mm. So I think that's the significance, of, uh, the significance of pick up your mat. Take ownership. Yeah, you made some mistakes. Yes, those scars are going to be there for life, but you're not the same. Mm. You're not the same person. You are whole now. This is the healing that Jesus wants to bring. Awesome. So um, there's another uh, uh, part to this, uh, which I'm not sure whether you're going to talk about as well. It says, now that day was the Sabbath. Are you going to go into into why that was significant? Uh, no, I won't be. But I, if you're listening, I re- go for it and read. It causes quite a stir because... Um, why it causes us to is because the leaders say you can't do work like healing on the Sabbath, right? or or even I guess the guy taking his bed meant he was 
carrying his bed, which they would have considered work as well. That's the, that's, right. the, that's the other case. Yeah. That's right. And and the fact is, with what we just said, what we just said about the power of the word of Christ, they were used to seeing the mat owning this man. Mm. Now they're seeing the man carrying the mat, mm. and that's causing some issues. Yes. You know, is yeah. that you know? Is that a is that a uh, thing you can you can do? Is that what the Sabbath is really about? You know, yeah. and this we, when you talk about restoring and reconciliation and um, and healing, you know, this man that was sick for thirty eight years, and Jesus comes and does this on the Sabbath. Well, he's giving us an indication of what the Sabbath's about. Mm. Don't forget about the people that need the words of Christ. On Sabbath, that's the best place, you know. Like it's, it was the words of Jesus Christ that, in the beginning, when He said, "Let there be light," man, it happened. Yeah, right. When He said, "Get up, sun, moon, and stars," it happened. <laughs> and on the Sabbath day, He's He's uh, He's saying, "Hey, I can restore your soul because of My words. My words have power. Yeah, right. My words have creative power, and He's doing it." And, and, and He's power. Yeah, and he's actually giving a lesson to his disciples, to everybody there. Mm. This is what Sabbath is about. Yeah. Um, Now, I I said earlier I'd give a bit more information about this book that we're giving away today, Real Peace, Mm. Real Answers, and the number to get that is 0488-880-891. Real Peace, Real Answers offers words of help and hope to all who are seeking to understand how to come to Jesus and and experience a personal relationship with him. It combines Ellen White's beautiful description of God's love and saving grace with meaningful questions about salvation, answered clearly straight out of the Bible. So I'd encourage you, if you haven't uh, got this book already, to text us in, and immediately after the break I will give you the code for that. We're going to take a break now, and uh, this song is called Love Lifted Me by Caitlin Clampett.
Jesus saves, He will lift you from the crashing waves, crashing waves, He will never leave you. Jesus saves, Jesus saves, He will lift you from the crashing waves, crashing waves, He will Love lifted me, and I guess uh, the story we've been studying today, David, uh, about this crippled man, Jesus had compassion on him, and uh, in essence he was looking for somebody to lift him into the water, but Jesus yeah. gave him something even better, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's amazing. It's um, After 38 years of being immobile, it just, I just imagine, like I told you when I first read it, I thought, man, you know, like, what does that mean? Did he just heal his muscles and his bones and did he change that for him so he could walk you know because you've got to go through physiotherapy you know in our understanding and um you know and and some 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 diseases we don't know exactly what he had but uh, some are not really curable at all so um just before we go on i'm going to give the uh code for today's offer the book real peace real answers um i promised it before the break so i better give that to you now it's logos number one and text that word, Logos, L-O-G-O-S, and the number, the digit number one, no spaces, to 488 That's 488 So, mm-hmm. David, um, you've uh, got a few things uh, and an and experience to share as well about this passage as we, uh, on our home, straight, home, home run today, home straight. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just, uh, you know, like I was just thinking, just you were discussing before, I, I was thinking, you know, today, when we think of physical healing, you know, we don't we don't look for superstitious things like uh, like it's said here, we would say that you know, the, the, the stirring of the angel at the pool, that's not something we really believe in, uh, not the way they used to think back then, we've got really good health systems and stuff that we can rely on now, you know, we don't, we don't lean towards, and when it comes to science, we've got med- medication, we've got great hospitals and all those kind of things and you know just just the suggestion of the bible to say what about the words of christ you know that the words of christ can do this that's that takes on a whole a whole different spectrum you know and it's it's uh, amazing that you know we should take in consideration that um that pool was definitely something that was was helpful 
you know, mm. and, and what I'm about to share is I'll, I'll share with you what, what was happening to me at the time. It wasn't so much physical healing, but I just, I was about 20 years old when I gave my, when I said to Jesus, you know what? I, I give up. I am trying to do things my way and uh, I'll share my story one day, but my, my parents basically put me in a situation where, Hey, well, what's it going to be? You're going to re- live the rest of your life, you know, as a, um, as a non-Christian as you've been expressing lately or, you're going to choose Jesus. And I chose Jesus, and then I started this journey. And as I was reading this book, I was actually reading it on a train, on my way to work, when I was working for customs. And um, I was reading this particular story and the commentary and, and that book, Desire of Ages. And at the particular time, I remember at the airport, I had a couple of friends that came through, and um, and... You know they were they were really excited. These guys, I knew that they were they weren't the same. They were different from how they used to be, and they were really excited. And they said to me, "David, we're starting a a, a church here in Brisbane." I thought, "Wow, that's amazing!" They invited me along, and and at the same time, they're having their uh, experience. I'm I'm experiencing Jesus for the first time and reading the Bible for myself and praying and trying to work out, Lord, what what do you want me to do today? You know, how do I you know, how do I live life now and what what do I do here and um. They, they invited me along to their church. And I thought, oh, okay, I'll come along. And at that time, I was asked to assist um, the person at our church who was a youth leader. So I became an assistant to him, and I was really excited about the work we were doing. And uh, I went along to this church, and there was, only about, there was only about 12 or 13 people there, I remember. And they had a Bible study, and we had some songs, and I thought, this is nice. And my friend said to me, hey, David, I'm going to share my story. I'm going to share how I came around to Christ. And I knew from the past that we had, I wanted to hear it too. I was thinking, yeah, how did you go from that to this, you know? So, yeah, he became he, he became a DJ at a nightclub. He, he got into drugs. You know, he's doing all the all those things, and now he's a different guy. So I want to hear the story. And so I go along in a couple of weeks, and there's about 250 young people there. Right, and they're they're singing. They're uh, enthusiastic. It, it, it's amazing. I'm thinking, wow, this is this is an amazing vibe that I'm feeling here. You know, I'm, I'm really excited when the preacher preached. He preached in such a um, dynamic and charismatic way, and uh, they just did things differently. And there was a huge contrast to what I was seeing there and what I was experiencing in my own youth group. Mm. You know, the, the small youth group I had. I thought, man, we're not as excited and enthusiastic as these guys. I want what they have. Right, and so I start praying, and I'm, I'm like, God, why, why can't, why can't we have, why can't my my group, my small youth group here have the same thing that's happening here? We're missing something. We're missing something. We don't have the enthusiasm and and, and whatnot. And uh, I start feeling a bit down. I'm thinking, and, and these guys, they're asking me. They say, Dave, you should join our team. Come and help us out with you know some of the, sh- the things you share in your Bible studies. There, they're things we've never heard before. And so I've got, I'm tempted. I'm thinking, man, I like the, I like that they, it feels alive. It feels enthusiastic. It feels, I feel so much joy there. And, and I want that, you know, and, I, and I'm starting to think, oh, you know, maybe, maybe I should. They are my old friends from school and, and things like that. But as I'm reading this story, I read about this, this pool that has all these, uh, all these things that could happen. And, and then this man is healed by the words of Jesus alone. And, it was as if it was it was this this undercurrent message was hitting me and it was saying to me david you're looking at the dynamic preaching hmm. you're looking at your friends you're looking at this uh you're, you're looking at the music that they're having that you're looking at all the enthusiasm and the joy and you think that's going to make 
your small youth group alive. That's where you think life is going to come from. And I, I didn't even realize that before. I was thinking, Jason, I, I didn't even think of this. I didn't, you know, this is, this is new to me. I never, and so for me, the stirring of the pool, it was there. It was found in how, you know, it was found in the preachers. It was found in the, um, the music. It was found in the environment. Mm. It was found in all these things. And I'm relying on all these things to bring life. And the teaching that I'm getting in that very moment is, that's not gonna, it's not gonna come from there, David. Mm. The only place you're going to find life, if you want to bring life to your youth group, is focus on the words that I give you. And Jason, from that point on, the questions I was asking was, how can my young people hear the words of Christ more often? Yeah. So the focus wasn't so much where the accessories were as I was talking about. The focus was right here. How can we hear the words of Christ more? And so I started I started. Um, you know, spending more time in in the in the word, just so that I, when I speak the word and I can um, uh, read the word, young people can hear it, right? And it made major changes. <laughs> we started having, uh, we started introducing Bible studies, and all this is new to me. I've never done these things before. And we start going into things where we can sit down with each other, and we started hearing the word more. And in the word, it says in the Bible, um, in Romans ten seventeen, it says that. That faith comes from hearing the word, and the word, which is proclaimed from the Bible, proclaimed about Jesus Christ. That's where faith comes from, and so there's there's truth to this, and it's amazing how much that did make changes. You know, I, I saw it for myself just after about a year. You could see how much that that was making changes in the young people, not from. Not from trying to copy or emulate what I'd seen or not. And I, and I didn't have to make the decision to leave where my heart is. I stayed where I was, but I listened to what Jesus said and said, share the word more. Hmm. Just share the word. You know, and there's something powerful about that. I, I try and make it a, um, a habit to, I've got apps where I can, I can hear the Bible, you know, the audio where the Bible's just been spoken. And I know that it's doing something, not just physically, <laughs> it's not just healing. Cells and particles in my body it's actually doing something to the whole the wholeness of of who i am you know it's it's reconciling who i am to jesus christ right and it's 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 this massive teaching that comes to me is that uh with the words of jesus and um and and the things that we're going through in life and it doesn't it doesn't matter what i've shared what i went through in my personal life it, for you and any listener that's going through here, it could be something different that you're looking at to find happiness and joy and completeness. Mm. And my encouragement to you is you're not, you're not going to find any completeness until you expose yourself to the words of Jesus Christ and what he's trying to say to you in your life. He asks you this question this very morning or afternoon or wherever you are listening to this, that do you want to be healed? Yeah. Do you want to be made whole? And your answer would be just like this man, just like the woman Samaritan. Yeah, if this would just, if you would just, uh, you know, do this for my daughter or do this for my family or for my car or whatever. But the answer is much bigger than that. There are out there something that Jesus wants to do in your life that you you don't even you don't even fathom right. You don't even understand right now. It's bigger than what you expect. Yeah. Just like just like we've read in the story, you know. So. 
Um, and so I guess that's sort of the main takeaway today, isn't it? It's, is that we need to look to Jesus. We need to look to his word. We need to trust in it, believe it. And that has the power to change our lives. Would that yeah. be a fair summary? <laughs> yeah, but I'll replace your, your um, word look with hear. Hear, yes, yeah, okay. Yeah, hear. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, take time to hear the word. Hear so the word, yeah. You've had, you've had um, time to listen to this this morning. Everyone that's heard us read the Bible, you've actually heard the word of Christ. Yeah. Right. Your faith has been increased because of it. And there is something, and I, and I have total confidence that it is doing something in your mind and body. Yeah. Right. I have total confidence because this is the word of Christ. Yeah. That's, that's just how it is. We're out of time, David, but uh, just oh. to remind our listeners Logos One is our code word for today for the book Real Peace, Real Answers, 0488880891. And next week you'll be looking at what topic? David. We're going to, yeah, we're going to be going to John six, and it'll be the it'll be the last time we look at John six. If you haven't noticed, we have been spending time. Uh, <laughs> we're basically going from John one uh, to John six, and the encounter. The person I want to talk about in this story is a young lad that has no name. Again, so the woman at the well had no name. This man had no name, and then we've got this young lad who gives up his lunch and ends up being part of a story that's been told over and over and over again. Yeah, awesome. Well, I look forward to that. And tomorrow, uh, Gary Webster on Lifetime Search, he's talking about Back to the Future Beyond Disbelief. I'll be uh, interested to hear what he's got to say about that. So, look, uh, we have to go, but uh, we do hope you can join us next Monday and also tomorrow with Gary Webster. Yeah. Thanks, David. Thank you.